Lord be with you. A reading of the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Take care not to perform righteous deeds in order that people may see them. Otherwise you will have no recompense from your heavenly Father. When you give alms, do not blow a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets to win the praise of others. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right is doing so that your almsgiving may be secret. And your Father who sees in secret will repay you. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites who love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on street corners so that others may see them. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will repay you. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. They neglect their appearance so that they may appear to others to be fasting. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you may not appear to be fasting, except to your Father who is hidden. And your Father who sees what is hidden will repay you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, our theme this year for Lent is sacrifice. We're going to return to that very basic but most important truth of the sacrifice Jesus has made for us. But the other way around, also, there is this sort of universal sense, religious sense, that if there is a divine, a God, then we should make sacrifices to that deity. But oftentimes that instinct is a bit warped. We think that sacrifices are there to appease God, to sort of win his favor. And it creates this sort of transactional relationship between us and God. I sacrifice this, or I do this religious duty for him, and then he's happy with me, and he gives me what I want when I ask him. That's not the point. In my years of ministry, I have observed an what I think is kind of an odd thing. Perhaps you have heard the term Santa Bunnies before, or Creasters. These are the folks who show up for church for Christmas and Easter. But it seems to me I've noticed that we also have Ashers. Those who only show up once a year on Ash Wednesday. Why Ash Wednesday? Now, if you happen to be an Asher, I am very, very glad that you are here. But I would invite you to go deeper. In fact, I'm hoping we will all go deeper. Here's what I'm getting at, because I think what happens to us, most of the time, most of us think, I'm doing a pretty good job. I'm all right. I'm not too seriously flawed. I'm a good person. Then we have this other side of us that says, yeah, but I also know I'm not perfect. And deep down there is this thing nagging at me, that voice, that something in my, my psyche that says, I need a good cleansing. And so we come. And perhaps 
once a year to feel a little bit better about ourselves. At least that we're being a little more honest and genuine. It sounds like a strange thing, but somehow that smudge on our forehead makes us feel fresh. The good news, of course, is that this cleansing is not offered only once a year. It's offered all of the time. The psalm that we just sang a few moments ago has additional verses, and they say this. For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. That's the sacrifice that God wants from us. The prophet Joel echoed that in his call to us. Even now, says the Lord, return to me with your whole heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your hearts, not your garments, and return to the Lord your God. So why does God want this kind of sacrifice? It's never what God needs. Right? He needs nothing from us. When we're hurt, or we're offended, we need an apology. And we want it to be sincere, and it needs to be heartfelt. And it hurts if we don't get that. The injustice of it angers us. Our sin is an injustice to God. An unjust rejection of the God who has done us no harm, but only good. Who has done nothing but love us. This indeed needs to be made right. And he has made it right. That's what we heard in our second reading from 2 Corinthians. For our sake he made him to be sin who did not know sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. This is what Luther calls the glorious exchange. He takes what is rightly mine, the punishment for my sin and my rebellion, and I get what's rightly his, righteousness. So again, this this repentance is not what God needs from us, a sincere apology so that he can feel better about the situation. He needs nothing from us. No, no, see, this is all about what he wants for us. Because, says Joel and David, he is merciful and he's gracious. And he wants nothing more than to show us that forgiveness and grace. And so he invites us to sacrifice our proud, self-reliant, rebellious hearts. Hard hearts must first become broken, contrite hearts if they're going to be made new. Sometimes our own poor choices break our hearts for us. We get what we deserve. And maybe that's what it takes to sort of wake us up. But it's better if it would be contrition that would break our own hearts. That we are so deeply grieved that we've hurt the one that we love. And so we take these hearts of ours and we smash them ourselves. We smash them in repentance and then we bring the pieces to him for repair. 
Either way, whatever the way, it's going to hurt. It costs us. But you see, when we offer to Him, when we offer to Him these broken, contrite hearts, we don't lose them. We actually gain them. Because He gives to us then a clean and forgiven heart in return. Not just once a year. All the time. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit with